On Tuesday, Europe's highest court produced a landmark ruling that could upend the way that internet companies, such as Amazon, Google and Facebook, hold and share data about millions of consumers. The European Court of Justice invalidated a transatlantic deal known as Safe Harbour, which for 15 years has allowed businesses to transfer the personal data of European citizens to the US. The landmark decision may lead to thousands of businesses scrambling to change their internet operations to stay within the law. I'm Murad Ahmed, European Technology Correspondent for the Financial Times in London. Joining me on the line is Duncan Robinson, the FT's Brussels Correspondent. Duncan, let's start with the basics. What is Safe Harbour and why is it so important to the way that internet companies operate? Put simply, Safe Harbour is a deal between the US and the EU that allows companies to transfer data from the EU to the US where data protection levels are slightly lower than they are in the EU. But if you're a company and you have this safe harbor badge, then you are allowed to transfer that data. Now, that's vital for lots of companies because that can be anything from your credit card details to pictures you put on Facebook, literally anything that could be online. And so taking it away has been a bit of a problem for these companies that use it. So it's literally where you physically hold this information. That's the crucial thing here. It means that if you're a US business, you can hold these Facebook photos on computers, servers in the US rather than Europe. Yes, that was what Safe Harbor allowed you to do. Okay, so the ECJ made this momentous decision. Unpack it for us. What did the court find and how will it force businesses to operate differently? The court, in short, found that safe harbour isn't very safe. EU citizens, according to the European Court of Justice, run the risk of having their personal details looked over by US intelligence agencies without any form of redress. And so the court has declared that safe harbour is invalid, and so companies aren't able to rely on it anymore. And it means that companies will have to hold information in Europe? That sounds like quite a costly and expensive way to operate now. That would be a very costly way of operating. There are ways around it. So transatlantic data transfers are still possible, but you can't do it via Safe Harbour anymore, which was the quickest, easiest and cheapest way. So these alternative methods is part of the reason why some of the bigger companies, the Facebooks of the world, have said that actually this is business as usual for them because they'll be able to rely on different ways to be able to transfer information. And the claim is that smaller businesses, startups, even startups in Europe are the ones that are going to suffer as a result. In general, it is. A company like Facebook is never going to struggle to jump through some regulatory hoops. It's already got data centers in Europe. It's already registered in Ireland for data protection purposes. And so there's not much that can change that would really hinder a multi-billion dollar company such as Facebook. For smaller companies, it is an issue. If you're growing quickly and you want to operate in two continents, Safe Harbor is a really quick and easy way of doing it. And that option isn't available anymore. And even with the workarounds that I mentioned before, There are potential legal pitfalls coming down the road. Not all lawyers that I've spoken to are completely confident that those uh, workarounds will be available for all because they still suffer from the same problem of safe harbour. You've mentioned this problem of internet surveillance from the US and the decision itself explicitly brought up Edward Snowden's revelations on this and drew it back to the fundamental rights of European citizens being infringed. Explain some of the transatlantic politics here and the context we have here. What could it mean for the future of so-called internet snooping? 
one of the most interesting parts of the judgment has been that the court pointed out that generalised mass surveillance, which is indiscriminate, contravenes European citizens' fundamental right to privacy. Now, a few lawyers are quite excited about this because they think that this could be applicable to similar surveillance operations being run by British intelligence and also French intelligence. But that's another issue for another day. And Edward Snowden tweeted his congratulations to a guy called Max Schrems. And this whole case has been a remarkable victory for him because he was the one that brought it forward to Europe's highest court. Can you explain something about Schrems's background and how he's become the bet noir for US tech businesses operating in Europe today? Well, Max Schrems, until a few years ago, was just an Austrian law student, but today he's been responsible for one of the most significant breakthroughs in data protection in the EU's history. And you spoke to him after the judgment in Luxembourg, didn't you? I did. He's an incredibly nice guy and a very interesting person. He sounded completely shattered on the phone. He was on a plane, I think, waiting to go home, and he'd been doing interviews all day. He said, essentially, that this wasn't a personal issue for him against Facebook in any way that this like you said he's a legal student and he saw this as a legal issue he initially took all of this up because he spent a term at Santa Clara University in the heart of Silicon Valley where allegedly Facebook's privacy lawyer suggested that Europe's privacy laws weren't up to much and startups in the country didn't need to worry too much about it. So he started his campaign from back then. And this is the culmination of it. I did ask, does he intend to take it further? And uh, he suggested that he may have better things to do in life right now. But as a kind of figurehead of Europe's resistance to this, it'd be interesting to see if he's tempted into taking on more cases because it feels to me, and I don't know about you, Duncan, that this isn't the end of European regulatory resistance to US big tech. No, very much far from the end. We've still got the negotiations running along the background over a new safe harbour deal, which both the European Commission and Washington are very keen to get done soon. But there's this backdrop in Brussels, particularly among MEPs, who don't want to see this deal done, who see U.S. bias intrusive, and they also see U.S. business often as a problem as well. And so there's not a friendly atmosphere from that point of view here. And Duncan, on the wider politics, there's a transatlantic trade deal being negotiated right now between the EU and the US. Could this be affected as well by the safe harbour decision today? Safe harbour is a big part of any potential trade deal, mainly because transatlantic data flows are extremely important. Businesses are increasingly digital, and it's not just companies like Google and Amazon and Facebook. It's companies like General Electric who are really reliant on their data businesses. And so being able to transfer data across the Atlantic in a legally certain way is absolutely crucial for any future free trade deal. So the implications of this decision look huge and the the ramifications will continue to have a ripple effect across the US and Europe. Thank you very much, Duncan. To read more about this story and, of course, the ongoing coverage of big tech's problems in Europe, do go to the FT.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. 
Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.